Mike Cyber Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And on this week's podcast, returning guest Lucia Fasano calls in to talk about the story she wrote for the Image Comics anthology, Where We Live, a benefit for the survivors in Las Vegas. Uh, We'll also talk about some other rad stuff she's got coming up, including some live shows in the Los Angeles area, as well as her next comics project with artist Tess Fowler. Uh, They're working on an upcoming sci-fi anthology that you can back right now out on Kickstarter. Uh, Plus, we're going to talk about what's new with her music and an update on her latest album. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to get to it. But first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout out to last week's guest co-host, Killing Spree, joining me to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. You can hit him up right now on Twitter at Late Night Death, where he's uh, he's doing some live tweeting about the announcements coming out of E3. And, um, and uh, it seems like there's a whole lot that he's not happy about. Fucking spoilers! <laughs> it's, it's like... He's with us in the room right now as we speak. <laughs> um, also, huge thanks to the staff of 89.9 KGRG FM for letting us use the studio uh, to record that epic podcast marathon. Uh, so indifferent were we about Solo, a Star Wars story, that uh, um, apparently we uh, <laughs> took us two episodes uh, to get all of our thoughts uh, squared away and to go through uh, that plot. Um, we've uh, we've got a few shows in the near future that we'll be doing from the KGRG. GRG Studios as well, including another Star Wars retrospective special with my good buddy and fellow KGRG alumni, Cool Guy Luke, as well as that Jurassic Park 25th anniversary extravaganza, uh, which will also include our review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh, with uh, with returning co-host Killing Spree. Uh, look for that sometime after the movie comes out, probably uh, late June, early July. Um, head over to KGRG.com for what's new with today's rock it's been the home for knuckleheads like me and killing spree and cool guy luke and and producer dave and airhorn elijah and uh and and so many others before us uh to uh, uh to find our voices as broadcasters at green river's non-profit non-commercial college radio station and they've been doing it for almost 30 years uh you can be a part of that legacy as well uh check out greenriver.edu to register for for Journalism 110 and the other radio classes in the Broadcast Journalism program. 
I know. I um, I, I I'm told I probably talk about KGRG too much, and and it can be confusing, especially if you're a new listener, because I'm not part of the radio staff anymore, and I don't have a show on KGRG anymore. Uh, but it'll it'll always feel like home to me whenever I get a chance to record there. Um, so. As long as I continue to use their resources, like, you know, I've uh, I've popped in and done some editing, uh, used their editing software um, and obviously a recording uh, podcast, um, uh, the least I can do, the very least I can do is talk up the program that has helped me and so many of my friends find the successes uh, that uh, that we have found in broadcasting and other creative outlets. Coming up next is our phone interview with singer, songwriter, comedian, actress, writer, and now comic book creator, Lucia Fasano joins us next. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Sorry, I was trying out these new uh, headphone extenders on an old old earbuds. They must have been bad earbuds. Oh, okay. I'm off them now. All right, man. So, uh, so how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm in sunny California, eh? and uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. And it's a uh, it is a typical Pacific Northwest day here. We have had uh, sun and rain, and sun and rain, and now we currently have sun <laughs> and rain. So it's a it's it's a little bit of both. It's a it's a very exciting. It's a uh, yeah. It, it's a good day to be inside a radio station and talking to uh, one of my uh, very favoriteest guests. Uh, re- returning to the Mike Seibert Radio Show podcast, uh, please give it up for uh, Lucia Fasano. Hi, thank you. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be back. It, it feels like so much has changed just since the last time we talked. No kidding, because yeah, I was uh, uh, I was listening to our uh, last interview, which was only back in uh, uh, late February, early March, in anticipation of uh, that uh, Cracklefest show, that Nerd Rock show uh, connected to Emerald City Comic Con. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it feels like that was uh, that was a very long time ago. Because there's a, as you mentioned earlier, there uh, you've been very, very busy, very, very productive, and there's a there's a whole lot I'd like to talk to you about today, including um, obviously your story in the new anthology Where We Live, uh, the return of Caddy Bees, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> catch up on what's new with uh, with your music and comedy, and of course, you know, as uh, recently announced, your new story in uh, and the Kickstarter for the uh, sci-fi anthology all we ever wanted um that's uh that is a lot to cover and i'm very excited to uh to get to it all uh but but first i gotta ask um how's how's it been being back in los angeles it's been really nice um i uh, moved to portland five years ago and so um you know when you come back to the place you grew up um especially with like a career started for yourself it's just you know it's it's completely new like i'm i mean i'm an adult i can go wherever i want um you know angela weber of caddy bees and the double clicks um lives here so i've been spending so much time with her hanging out working with her going to shows doing shows um like i'm it's so nice to be you know in such a diverse 
multicultural place that Los Angeles is. Like, you really mm-hmm. realize how white the Pacific Northwest can be, um, you know, due to history of, you know, racist laws and stuff like that. And just being um, in L.A., I'm having such good Mexican food. And I'm just <laughs> like, it's so alive and it's exciting and new. Um, so I just kind of, you know, I've spent so much time with my family and then, you know, dove into creative projects and I'm swimming a ton. So already very tan. <laughs> it's been <That>, great. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I'm really glad to hear. Um, so let's uh, let's see. Man, there's like like I keep saying, there's so much to talk about. But let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's dive in. And I, uh, I I really would like to talk to you about your story in uh, in where we live uh, called uh, Half a World Away, um, uh, obviously uh, illustrated by. Uh, Tess Fowler and um, uh, before uh, before you know because I I, I, you know I'm going to ask kind of you know like the the origins and genesis of the project and you know get into the creative process and you know really kind of look under the hood but before before I distract myself and go too far down that road for folks that may not uh, be familiar with either the uh, Where We Live anthology or your uh, story within it would you be able to uh, give us kind of of a, uh, a brief synopsis. Totally. Um, so the Where We Live, the Where We Live anthology, um, which just came out from Image Comics, was put together by J.H. Uh, Williams, who has worked on like Sandman and a bunch of amazing stuff, and his wife Wendy, who is also um, a writer and artist, I believe. And um, they live in Las Vegas, and so mm-hmm. last year when the Route 91. Um, you know, concert had its shooting and massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, what can we do to help? Oh, my God. Um, and just seeing Vegas, this amazing and pretty strong community have to rise up and be so much more than just what the rest of the country thinks of Vegas, you know, as mm-hmm. like it's so much more than just the strip. Um, so they uh, approached Image saying, like, we want to put together a charity book um, sort of like the, I think Love is Love was the title charity book uh, put out for victims of the Pulse shooting. Yes. So unfortunately, yep. this is not the first time that there's had to be a fundraiser book. So uh, they decided to gather um, different voices of, in comics and uh, and in poetry and essayists together that either were from Vegas or just had a perspective on gun culture. Um, over a hundred artists donated their time um, to make the book, and some of the artists and writers teamed up with survivors and witnesses from the shooting to help them tell their story. So you've got, you know, um, you've got people like Brian Michael Bendis, who wrote Jessica Jones, Spider Man. He's just talking about his reaction to all this gun violence in the mm-hmm. world. But then you have, um, you know, like Kelly Sue DeConnick of Captain Marvel and Bitch Planet. Mm-hmm. She's helping a survivor tell their story. And then you have me telling just a personal story about being a millennial feminist uh, student during, you know, such an unsafe, weird time in our country. Mm-hmm. So you have all of that together and um, you have this like, really bizarre but cohesive book like i didn't realize it mm-hmm. all fit together so well yeah um 
And uh, yeah, so 100% of the proceeds are going um, to the Route 91 nonprofit that goes to victims and survivors of Mm -hmm. the shooting. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and like like I've told my listeners over the last couple episodes of my podcast uh, leading up to this interview, I, I told folks, well, before the book came out, I'm like, you got to get this book. You got to get this book. Well, when the book came out, I'm like, OK, go get the book. But it's not an easy read. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for spreading the word, by the way. Like it's a it's a charity and, and ever, we need all the support we can get so thank you so much oh you're welcome oh you're welcome and you know it's it's uh i i think you said it perfectly a moment ago when you said we shouldn't have books like this you know like we we shouldn't have to make this kind of art but when the occasion comes we definitely need to support it and i think it comes from a place of awareness and spreading the word and just uh you know, j- just making sure that the conversations that should be happening continue to happen because like i i i think it was in his forward uh uh jh williams uh refers to just not letting this go into the ether and you know it's it, it's it's important to continue to have these conversations so i'm i'm uh definitely glad to lend my particular uh platform uh to that but i uh i didn't work in the book um but uh um but you did so i i was wondering if uh if you could talk about your story half a world away a little bit i'd be honored and it's so cool i think you're the first person that has like used the title of the story when talking to me oh so it's very exciting. Um, uh, when I was uh, approached about, um, you know, as a as a songwriter and a poet and stuff like that, approached to write um, a comic or like to write for the book, I had the option of writing a comic or an essay or a poem, and I was like, I'll write a I'll write a comic. I think I have something to say, and um, I immediately when I think about guns and gun violence, I think about that I grew up around a ton of guns Mm -hmm. and going to gun shops with my dad, going to shooting ranges. Um, And I, you know, I thought of how I've kind of kept it a little secret. Like I used to be, you know, not ashamed of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just part of my life. And then I realized that living in very liberal Portland, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not a thing that came up. It's not really, you know, so I, I talk in my story about how kind of shocked some people were and accusing me of not being liberal and a feminist because, um, they knew that I'd shot guns in the past. Um, And so I, like, I thought, you know, if they'll have me, I'll tell a story about my childhood and then how um, it really became a story about the political divide between my dad and I Mm -hmm. because of um, guns and how we both reacted to them. And so um, what ended up happening is Half a World Away, which is, um, you know, an homage to the R.E.M. song, which was one of my dad's favorite songs and then one of mine. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I do I do reference the song and the last line of the comic is the line from that song. And I um, and so I uh, I, you know, realized that 
while writing it that my dad and I and our differing politics, so much of it came from the same place and the same, you know, wanting Mm -hmm. everyone to be safe and happy and have their civil liberties and their freedoms to walk around and feel safe. Mm -hmm. And for him, that meant having a gun, knowing how to shoot it to protect himself and his family. Mm-hmm. And as I grew older, it was like, oh, no, like, that's <laughs> making us less safe. But that's not, I don't even feel that way 100%. I think there are circumstances where, you know, people should, you know, be able to, you know, shoot and, sh- you know, and yeah, they're yeah. definitely responsible. So what I ended up writing was this piece that I feel is politically complex and, you know, is not black and white of like, you know, uh, you know, the same sort of, you know, pro gun control anti-gun argument that you'd get. Like I'm still sending a liberal message, but Mm -hmm. talking about where other sides are coming from. And so um, the response I got when I turned in my script was very, um, like everyone that has read it has said to me, I can relate to this so much. I'm mm-hmm. going through this with my family right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's around the Thanksgiving table and no one wants to talk about this or whether it's when, you know, we're all responding to these tragedies. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, like from a very early age, cause I grew up in a, I believe post Columbine world or like right when Columbine happened. Sure. And so because my dad was a, uh, gun owner and, you know, also, you know, paranoid and protective, I was always raised talking about Mm self-defense, which a lot of people, it's um, a lot of people don't necessarily experience. And we all know that everyone has different, um, you know, there's been talk about um, black families giving their sons the talk about like how to handle the police and how to be around. And for me, with my family being like, Italian New York cops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was raised with like this is how you handle law enforcement. This is how you handle gun safety. This mm-hmm. is how you handle unsafe people and um and it led to me being, you know, paranoid and afraid and all this stuff. Um and so then you know, as I grew older, you know, both of our um political uh you know, point of views were changing mm-hmm. and uh and it led to this divide between us where we felt you know half a world away from each other uh even though both our heart was in the same place mm-hmm. um so i i um you know really wanted to uh to capture that in a story and i thought like is this going to fit in with the rest of these stories is this an important story to tell compared to these real life accounts or, you know, making a stronger statement. Um, but I think, I think even though I was so personal and specific with like my weird upbringing in Hollywood <laughs> and gun, gun culture and, and I'd go to celebrity shoots where, you know, um, Sylvester Stallone's brother would be there shooting guns with you and mm-hmm. Frigno and um, it's a side of Hollywood people don't see is that, um, you know, the we know Kelsey Grammer is a conservative, but it's like all these people are kind of part of their own group of like, you know, uh, we're in the film business, but yeah. we also shoot guns and we also and so it, I was like, I guess I do have a very weird 
unique perspective that can also be relatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say that. It's like, you know, just from what I gleaned from the story, which incidentally, I, I, I have to confess, is way more deeply personal than I think I anticipated, even when I was <laughs> looking forward to it. Like, you know, I, I would see that both you and Tess would uh, uh, post samples of the art, and I was like, okay, I, I think... I think I might have an understanding of where this might go, but then I I read it and I'm like, wow, she's she's really really putting herself out there and telling a a a truly deeply personal story. So um so I I, I would like to compliment you on uh, on on that first of all, but that um as you said you you do have a unique perspective from uh you know your upbringing that you mentioned um, not just uh, and and you know not uh, out of context within uh, the story you tell but also as you mentioned uh, you know coming from uh, law enforcement being uh, being a huge part of your family as well so you know between between that and you know your your father's work and you know just just the perspective that you yourself have gained yeah it's it's a it's a very unique kaleidoscope scope and a, a very unique story and I uh, I, I for one am uh, uh, very grateful that you told it it's uh, it's very moving thank you so much Mike and I um there's another story in the book that's a, a, a daughter writing about her dad and her dad's relationship with guns and I remember mm-hmm. hearing about it and I thought oh it's gonna be the same or something and yeah. it was fascinating it's so different um I'm blanking on uh, the name of the story, but it, it's in there where her father is hoarding guns. And, oh, sure. Yeah. I... And how terrifying it, it is of like, he might crack, he might be a shooter. And it's like, I never thought that my dad was dangerous. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, because my, cause my dad shot guns recreationally and he never even hunted, which shocks people that it's like, you can just shoot for the fun of the sport and mm-hmm. you're not violent and you're, it's, to so many to so many people that grew up in entirely liberal households, it feels just insane. And I sure. tried to show like some of the behavior is kind of insane and some of it is just a different way of life. And you know, some of the stuff that ways that my dad raised me was disturbing and was too paranoid or too young and then others mm-hmm. were, you know, just as you you know, just the same as being taken skiing or something, you yeah, know, it was yeah. a sport and a hobby and as well as self-defense. And um, to think of like, you have one story where a girl's dad is hoarding guns and was maybe going to, who knows what he would do with them. For my dad, he's watching the news and watching responsible gun owners be mm-hmm. accused of being lunatics that are going to go shoot everything up. Right. And so it's like that also leads to divisiveness mm-hmm. in the discourse. And so, like, I really was trying to strike the balance of not defending, you know, conservative gun culture. because right. I don't stand with it, but right. also being like, hey, this is where they're coming from. And and it was you know, I have been a couple years out from dealing with 
the tragedy of my dad passing away, mm-hmm. and I hadn't really found, besides in my own music, which is more ambiguous than metaphorical, I hadn't really found the proper way to tell a story about losing him. And the one of the reasons why has been the big elephant in the room of, mm-hmm. you know, I love this person, I miss this person. There were some of his politics that I strongly disagreed with. (laughs) And so it's like, how do you, so it's like in my own personal storytelling, I'd open Mm -hmm. up about my dad and then people would be like, wait a minute, he was a Republican? And they're like, oh, wait, (laughs) I have pumped the brakes. So it was so special of Image who, Mm -hmm. you know, like I grew up reading Image comics that my dad would buy in, you know, in bulk for us. So to be able to get to, through image, um, sort of give this backstory, make a political statement, and through that, get to tell something really vulnerable and personal that's just about a daughter and father Mm -hmm. um, was like, it it was just so cool that they were like, this is valid. We want to let you tell that. Definitely. And, you know, that that was a um, you touched on something I I was going to ask you about in a little bit. But um, when when last we spoke and we were talking about your music, you had shared that a lot of your uh, in your debut album, Radio Silence, is a lot of you uh, dealing with and reconciling a lot of your feelings with your dad. And I was going to ask how that dovetails into your writing of your story. Story because it, it almost sounds like this is kind of like an ultimate carthesis where you've just like, you know, I've, I've, whatever else I had left out there, here it is. You know, is, is, is that too bold of me to say, or is that, uh, is there something to that? There is definitely something to that. It, it, it feels like a catharsis in a way that I hadn't, that I can't really do with music, um, where, uh, you know, like, I've, you know, with music, like, I love that with art, you can always project your own feelings, mm-hmm. your, which also makes it dangerous. You know, sometimes people yeah. are totally interpreting something completely differently because they're projecting their own stuff into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, with music, you still want it to be um, totally open to interpretation of, like, who I'm talking about and making it about your own life. And so, you know, even though I'm writing about singing about my feelings about my dad, people don't walk away from it really feeling like they knew him. They are just knowing more about me mm-hmm. and or themselves. And so to write a comic and then have tests, you know, like draw my dad as he was and also this larger than life um, warm cartoon of him mm-hmm. is like the most it's the ultimate catharsis you know, compared to maybe making a movie or something. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. Of, which even with a movie, how do you cast someone that really captures that person? Right. Um, and brings them to life. And so one of my biggest pains uh, and of grief has been meeting people and being like, I can't communicate to you the person my dad was. There's mm-hmm. no way I can. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, for the first time, people that didn't know my dad at all and the people that did know him are looking at this comic and going, oh, my God, that's him. Either that's yeah. the person we knew and loved or that's the person that you've told us about that we couldn't fully get it and get your dynamic. 
mm-hmm. and get the good parts and the, and the kind of, you know, inappropriateness of like talking about self-defense when I'm so little or, t- yeah. you know, but also singing in the car together and just that mm-hmm. bond and friendship. So it really, it's an experience that is really um, incomparable to uh just writing a song about someone i feel yeah and and, and especially with the the non-linear nature of it because like it 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 took me reading it uh, a couple times honestly to pick up on the more uh poetic uh, uh, attributes and vibe and and rhythm to it because like I I, um, I I read a lot of the stories in sequence so I I made it a point to deliberately just instead of jumping directly to yours I just encountered it in sequence so I my That's eye cool. was was kind of just trained reading it as a linear straightforward comic story and you know I mean I I, I picked up more on the the visceral emotion of it more so than uh from a story perspective it was when i went back i was like oh i i i see the the um the more poetic style and and cadence to it in a way that that i that i may not have uh uh, the first time and i thought that that was uh, a a very unique way to tell the story um especially uh with the uh uh, the non-linear uh, aspect of it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So, so okay. So, um, a, a handful of things uh, I I would like to continue to ask you about. Let's uh, let's go all the way back because I I remember when last we spoke, you had uh, shared with us that you were working on a comic for Image, which we know now is you know this this uh, this fully formed story that uh, that I'm actually having in my hands as we speak, but. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I have the book in front of me, and I'm, I'm just uh, uh, flipping through it. Uh, but um, what I what I wanted to ask is, and again, you had alluded to this when when we spoke um, uh, those few months ago. But how uh, how specifically did you uh, become involved in this project? Did somebody specifically approach you, or did you approach somebody? How uh, how how did that connection happen? Well, I'd been working. Um uh I'd been taking comic book classes at Portland State University and I graduated in 2016. Um, and so I met uh, a lot of comics people, dark horse people, um, and, uh, you know, been um, and people knowing me as a songwriter and a comedian and a regular writer, et cetera. Um, and originally Scott Alley from Dark Horse was working on the project too. Um, he reached out to me about it and I was like, I'm so interested. (laughs) Um, and so then I got in touch with the editors, um, uh, you know, J.H. Williams and, um, Will Dennis and Wendy Wright Williams. Um, and they were totally willing to take a chance on me. Um, and once I gave them my pitch and kind of this unique, Hollywood, uh, conservative, weird gun <laughs> upbringing. They were like, yeah, to- totally. Um, but I was still uh, kind of afraid of like, you know, this is my first time doing comics that I didn't publish myself mm-hmm. or on the HigsWeldon.com, like cartoons. Um, and they were like, uh, so I, I kind of 
this was in October that mm-hmm. they first approached me, and so I thought this is not going to happen. Sure. <laughs> and um, and so uh, it wasn't until like December when my script was in and approved that I was like, this is actually happening. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was very cool that it was like um, just being in the Portland comics community. Uh, you know, I, I like to put on shows at Books with Pictures, the awesome Portland comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just has brought all these amazing writers and artists into my life. And I was honored that they saw me at all as, um, you know, an equal or a peer. Um, and uh, so from from then on, I was in and they were still getting together artists um who would agree to work for free because it was a charity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still getting artists together. And um, and uh, I, just, I asked Tess if she would work with me. And she I sent her the script. And she read, like, the first line and said, I'm in. Wow. And so I, I felt very honored. <laughs> Well, and that that was going to be my next question is how um, how did you get connected with artist Tess Fowler and what was that creative process like? She's so incredible. Um, I wasn't sure if I had mentioned in the last interview how I met her. No, no, no? Be- okay, because cool. because um, last time we spoke, it was basically story. like it was like oh yeah, and I'm working on a comic uh, from Image, um, and then that was about it because I think it was at a time <laughs> where where you couldn't really talk about it. So yeah, yeah so I, I think I, I still was like a little like, is this really really happening? <laughs> well, because um, you, you were you were pretty kind of burnt out with the comic scene at that at that point, if I if I had recalled correctly from what you shared. Or with, like, the comedy scene, especially, like, burned out on sort of Portland comedy, and um, I didn't, I really didn't think that I was going to be working in comics, in Mm -hmm. comic books, Um, so it definitely was, like, actually the week that Image approached me, I was like, well, I guess I'm not really making comics, I'm working on my other stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it really shows how to not you know, give up on your dreams. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, I, um, it was cool because they had already like asked Tess and it was just, she was way too busy and had all this stuff. And um, I had met Tess years ago in uh, my hometown in Los Angeles okay. when I was visiting family. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, we were in our local Italian deli that I grew up to going with my dad and my family and the old Italians that owned the deli knew, um, you know, knew all of us and we had this great relationship. And so I stopped by with my brother, John Cody, um, to pick up some things. And we saw Tess and her husband, Chris Gutierrez, who Mm -hmm. is also a comic book artist and a sculptor and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And they were wearing, like, nerdy shirts. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, like, Scooby-Doo, one of the, like, zombie apocalypse Scooby-Doo shirts and another thing. Um, And so, you know, most of the people in this Italian deli are, like, old Italians, people in the valley. Mm -hmm. So to see, like, another nerdy couple was very exciting. Um, So we struck up conversation with them, and she talked about how she was working on Rat Queens at the time. Um, And it was like, I know that. Holy shit. Um, (laughs) 
And uh, so we became Facebook friends, and I, you know, was living in Portland, so I went back to Portland, and um, we stayed Facebook friends, and it was like, we have so much in common, and she really got to see my family over the years through Facebook, got to see mm-hmm. all the grief we were going through, and just all this different stuff, and how kind of kindred spirits we were as these, like, nerdy and almost kind of spiritual, and mm-hmm. all this stuff, um, you know witchy stuff in common and um and uh so when i sent her the story she was really able to picture my family which i think makes a big you know is a big deal to Mm -hmm. be able to feel so personally connected to it and feel you know um how much it connects her to her family and chris's family stories and everything um so uh I when when I was working on the comic script, they were like, at first it was like we'll pair you with an artist, and then it was like, uh, it's hard to get a lot of artists to work for free. I mean, they already got like hundreds of people, yeah. and so I was like, should I draw it? And like, cause I draw, but it wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, you know, it was really a shot in the dark of like, I'll ask Tess, but it's a huge favor to ask. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm so grateful that she loved the script and she was really excited about helping me as a newbie um, get into comics. And um, so we started working on it. And you were asking about the process, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, um, you know, she had the script and, you know, had time to look at it and think about it. And um, then uh, when it was time for drawing it... um, I was, uh, you know, we were sending photos back and forth to each other, and I was going through old family photos, and it's amazing how much she was able to just use her imagination Mm -hmm. for, and it still was like watching a documentary of my life, and like, um, she just, she was able to take some pictures from uh, my past, and then recreate these other scenarios, Mm -hmm. just like filling in the blanks of like, this is probably what they would be looking like, or this is probably how things felt. Mm-hmm. And so even capturing such a vulnerable moment, like finding out that my dad passed away, like mm-hmm. it was like she was there. And I feel like that comes from her strength as an artist and as an empath of like, she was able to really feel and translate in her art, how I was feeling in the worst moment of my life. Yeah, It's not like I drew that out for her. You know, she was just intuiting it which is like the sign of a truly brilliant artist it's like when you look at um you know when you look at da vinci and you're like how did Mm -hmm. he you know get that sort of uh otherworldly feeling with his art and it's like tess how is she able to you know go into our minds and Mm -hmm. pull that out i mean it's it was just I mean, it's such a personal thing for me, but it really shows how amazing she is. Um, And uh, she was drawing my dad with this sort of larger-than-life Totoro kind of feeling. Yeah, Um, okay. And it's it's like, that is how he was. And, you know, like, he was like Hagrid and (laughs) Totoro and Santa Claus. And Mm -hmm. um, she really got that. And I couldn't believe it. I think that's what's really blown people away that knew him it was like holy shit that's how it felt when he came in the room mm-hmm. um or you know when he, he he sat next to you and um and so 
you know, we'd send things back and forth. And she had such a small window between all of her other projects. Like she had just wrapped Kid Lobotomy, which is now in comic book shops. Um, Mm. And uh, so she would be doing like a whole page in a night, like staying up all night. And she'd send it to me and I'd give her my response, which was usually just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right, right, um, yeah. It, like, I mean, it was so surreal getting those inked pages back to me and getting mm-hmm. the sketches back to me and uh, having them just be so amazing and having her work with my, you know, my first time script where I'm still learning mm-hmm. the rope, you know, and uh, then it was like when it came to who's going to color it, how's it going to look because instead of like getting another colorist to work on it yeah um tess was like hey this is so personal and i feel really connected to it what if i color it and it was like that would be great mm-hmm. and then she was like well what if i watercolor it yeah which just you don't see in a lot of comics and so she watercolored it and tried to have the colors really match the mood and emotions of the scenes and have the Hollywood flashbacks be more bright red and then mm-hmm. have the Pacific Northwest be that sort of washed out, um, you know, gray and blue. And um, so that was amazing. And of course she did that just like overnight, you know, stayed up all night um, mm-hmm. working on those. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it all, it all got in and worked out and it became just this um, purely the two of us, uh, art until we then worked with the letterer Bernardo mm-hmm. Bryce, who did most. I think all the lettering on the book, or most of the lettering on I the book. I want to say most donated. of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, and and it's it's just is just so beautifully illustrated. And the the thing that 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 caught my attention, you know, uh, um, uh, with you know it being so personal but just how um uh, lively the likenesses are it, it's it's yeah yeah just uh just flipping through it, it's like wow this is uh yeah I, I i wasn't sure what uh what type of uh uh reference uh she was using because like even like you know some of some of the images of you it's like you know i i recognize some of it from like your social media it's like i i've seen that scarf before <laughs> you you know <laughs> you, you know that 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 type of thing um or even yeah. like or even like when um, you know, just uh, uh, doing research for uh, uh, for the podcast here, you know, doing a, a Google search for your dad, the first picture that comes up in like the the kind of Google synopsis off to the side, he's wearing the vest that that we see very prominently throughout the entirety of the story, and it's it, it's it, it's it's very uncanny uh, the likenesses, and I think. It, the the watercolor texture really um, helps bring it to life and just uh, just makes it such a such a lively uh, piece of art. It's uh, it's pretty darn incredible. I know. I I mean, it's so it's part of like what you were saying about mm-hmm. the catharsis. Mm-hmm. It must be is like for you to bring up my dad's vest. It's like that was one of his defining characteristics. And mm-hmm. if you Google my dad, John Fasano. You'll see pictures of uh, later in his life, he started just drawing because he was an artist, an amazing artist. So he started drawing on his vest 
you know, Spider-Man, Captain America, the oh, Hulk, really? all of his favorite Ray Harryhausen characters. Like, he turned his vest into, like, the illustrated man and he and a canvas. And so if you Google him, you'll see his big vest and you'll see his um, art on his vests. And it's like... Oh, my gosh. For a test to bring those to life. And for some of the, the clothing, she really used her imagination and was able to feel... Like, you know, I don't have a watermelon skirt, but I do in the comic, and I wish I had a watermelon <laughs> skirt, you know? Um, <laughs> like, I mean, pretty cool. And that. Uh, well, with I, the, um, I, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, she pretty much nailed your aesthetic because I was just like, yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> Oh no! I want to like hire her to just or, like just to make all my clothes and design them. <laughs> it was so good, and I, and it was so cool. Like the little things that are just so special to me, and it's so cool to hear them even connect with you. Like mm-hmm. um, just the like the way she painted his hair on his arm. Yeah, like, that is so such a special detail, and then. You know, recently um, I've, uh, you know, started working with a talent manager in L.A. Mm -hmm. and she knew my dad. And the first thing she says to me, um, Lee Brillstein, is I miss your dad and his hairy arms. And it's like that's such a weird thing to stick with. But it's like that's what stuck with Tess and what stuck with me and what stuck with an old friend of his. And. Mm Um, like how cool to to use art to keep somebody alive, even if you're telling in some parts an unflattering story, in other parts, sure. you know, and it's like the idea that someone would, you know, feel, it's like I can't hate my dad because he was conservative in some ways when mm-hmm. he wasn't a hateful person in his own ways. And, and I feel like that's, a conversation that needs to be had and, and you know, showing how similar um, my story with him is mm-hmm. to so many people's relationships with their family across the world. Um, and uh, so it's like it's so much about those little details and then mm-hmm. about the broader story and Oh, she's uh, Tess is amazing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll definitely talk more about uh, your collaboration with uh, Tess Fowler in just a just a couple minutes. But as uh, you know, as we, as we close out on uh, this uh, uh, this chapter uh, talking about uh, where we live, um, I'd like to ask you what uh, what the response has been to your story. Uh, you know, uh, uh, fans, friends, family. Um, because you know, like we, we we talked about the the uh, uh, the illustrations, I I would imagine. I mean, you know, obviously your uh, uh, your partner Kyle McCormick is in here as well, and I'm sure there's a lot of other folks that are actual like real people that are that are depicted in here. And I was uh, uh, just curious what uh, what kind of response you've gotten. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it was pretty funny at the signing at Golden Apple in Hollywood. Um, someone i was with kyle uh, my partner and mm-hmm. someone was at, uh flips to the pa- my story in their in their copy of the book and they look down and see the drawing <laughs> of kyle and look up and they're like oh there he is <laughs> <laughs> so like that was so cool um and uh you know my mom has looked at the art but hasn't like fully read it yet because it's you know so heavy and personal sure but she feels very honored um and uh, a lot of people that have read it 
what's been really cool is they have, you know, looked at it critically and they have, you know, talked about the political ramifications or they've talked about um, how they personally can relate to it. And Mm -hmm. that's so cool. Um, Other people in my family have just felt, you know, uh, really happy with how Tess has depicted the family and just Mm -hmm. said how spot on it was. Um, It's also been a little jarring to some of my family because it is so heavy and just shock. Just seeing the imagery is shocking enough. Um, And uh, I didn't set out to like shock anyone or anything, but it, it did turn out to be really honest in a way that I, um, you know, that you don't, you can hide your honesty in songs and metaphor and stuff like that and comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like the fact that this is a non comedic, just very autobiographical piece has definitely, um, you know, definitely shocked people, especially because I think a lot of people think that comic books are just superheroes or just sure. That, you know, silly or action. And, um, you know, my favorite comic books are autobiographical ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, there's a lot of people in my family and uh, just in my social circle that are kind of learning uh, about what comics can be. Right. <laughs> and uh, so that's been really cool. And I, but it's definitely, the book's only been out for a little bit. So I'm still, um, you know, waiting on more people's response. Like they're doing sign. They just did a signing in um, New York last night, I think. And mm-hmm. so it'll be cool to see future reactions. And definitely if you, if anyone listening reads it, feel free to tweet at me. Hopefully nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotcha. So I, um, so I, I, I happen to, look at the calendar and it's it's just occurred to me that this coming weekend is Father's Day. And uh, not to put you on the spot, but I was wondering if there was anything you want to mention about your dad or share um, uh, before uh, before we move on. That is so sweet. Um, wow. I just, um, you know, uh, just that everything you know, so much of what I do is because of him. And, um, you know, I definitely would encourage people to look up his movies mm-hmm. and uh, the work that he's done. And um, I think if you search his name and placemats, his uh, book of art should come up. Um, oh. And uh, where he would, you know, when we'd go to a restaurant, which you can see in the book in, in Tess's drawings, when my dad's talking to us in one of the panels, um, we're in a restaurant and we're drawing on the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, it's, and so, <laughs> I, I, I have the benefit of having it. the book in front of me. <laughs> Sorry. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in, it's in there. It's a very mm-hmm. little detail. But mm-hmm. it kind of looks like we're just drawing on the table. But um, he... Or like looks kind of like we're taking notes, but um, mm-hmm. my dad was such an amazing artist. Um, and every time we'd go to a restaurant or anywhere where there was paper, uh, we would all take out a pen or borrow a pen from someone and draw. And uh, you know, 
we'd go to our favorite spots and the waiters would mm-hmm. request a superhero for my dad to draw that they could take home and put on their wall. And um, so, you know, the best way that I've honored my dad and that other people could honor my dad was just to do something creative mm-hmm. or do something that makes them happy and, uh, you know, believe in yourself and put something good in the universe. It's like, that's what, um, truly what he loved uh, to do mm-hmm. and to encourage other people to do. <laughs> that's very sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, the- well, thanks for asking. The book is Where We Live, A Benefit for the Survivors in Las Vegas. You can get it literally anywhere you get books, whether it's your brick-and-mortar comic shop. I'd recommend you get it from your local comic shop, but you can also order it uh, wherever you order books online or your uh, uh, favorite bookstore, uh, brick-and-mortar, or online as well. Uh, That's published by Image Comics, and uh, 100% of the proceeds from Where we live will be donated to Route 91 Strong to benefit uh, victims of the Las Vegas shooting and the survivors. Uh, it's a uh, it's an excellent book. Um, uh, definitely check it out and please tell your friends about it as well. Um, and while uh, while you have the book in your hand, check out Lucia's deeply personal story, Half a World Away, uh, written by Lucia herself uh, with art by. Tess Fowler and lettered by Bernardo Bryce. Uh, definitely check it out. So, all right. So now that now that we've we've done that, let's <laughs> let's run a completely different direction and let's talk about the return of Caddy Bees. Yay! <laughs> wow, so cool. Um, so uh, Caddy Bees is my web series with Angela M. Weber of the Double Clicks. Uh, that we started years ago in Portland, um, which was a very scripted web series. Um, One of my favorites is a little arc that we did um, where, so we're sort of a cat-themed feminist talk show that's sort of (laughs) absurd, and maybe we're space aliens, kind of like Pee-wee's Playhouse meets Broad City meets etc. And uh, so there is a heavily scripted three-part or four-part arc where we have um, a dog male version of our show that we have to fight against. Um, All of that is on Mm cattybees.com, C-A-T-T-Y-B-S.com. So we were putting out lots of um, episodes we worked really hard on. you know, we are so much younger now, like so much we've grown and changed so much. Um, <laughs> but so then uh, we took a break to work on all of our different projects. Um, Angela moved to L.A. And so it just we haven't really been able to be uh, in the same room long enough to put so much effort into it. Um, and uh, then since I came back, we've decided uh, to keep doing Caddy B's, um as a live talk show, which we're having our first one at the end of the month, um, June 30th, at uh, the Clubhouse in L.A. So we're mm-hmm. going to do Caddy Bees as a live talk show. And then we've also been um, doing live streams of totally improvised uh, Caddy Bees talk show with <laughs> musical improv. Um, so we brought it back, and we're just really excited to keep making more live episodes. 
um, maybe a podcast in the works. We'll see. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's been um, it's been the return of Caddy Bees as basically whatever <laughs> we want it to be. That's awesome. I uh, I, I happened to uh, catch your guys' episode about businesses not too long ago and, and <laughs> thought that was pretty hilarious. I, I, I definitely appreciated the uh, the musical interludes <laughs> in between. I'm so glad. I thought that was pretty oh, funny. So we're we're uh, excited because we both are musicians, but we've never really played music together at the same time. So um, we're excited to do that and just have episodes where we explore different subjects. So um, please feel free, anyone, to send us questions um, or subjects, and we can uh, maybe get to them on (laughs) new live stream episodes. And, you know, you can write in the chat on YouTube or Twitch when we do it. Awesome. And so that that transitions me into uh, talking about music, because I I remember when we spoke last, you had mentioned that you have um, uh, recorded um, new music for an upcoming album. And I was wondering if that's uh, if that's something that you'd like to talk about. Yeah. um, So I do have um, my follow up album, which I recorded with. Hutch Harris of the Thermals and Jessica Boudreaux of Summer Cannibals. Um, I've got it. Uh, it's finished. It's amazing. Um, and I'm just kind of waiting on releasing it. I mm-hmm. think I might want to put out um, an EP uh, of you know newer material and um, just kind of um, you know uh, put put some time in between releasing it because yeah. um, I released Radio Silence only a couple years ago and um so i i'm still you know still selling it still doing songs from it and Mm -hmm. um i'm just kind of in an experimental phase with music um i've been putting out some new songs on my patreon as well um so i'm basically gonna um now that i'm back in la i'm reunited with my old band shady characters um my bandmates are out here and so i'm gonna um you know, do some more jamming and recording um, and then kind of hopefully build up some excitement and put out the the second one that I've got in the can. Very cool. That's that's incredibly exciting because I uh, I, I really enjoyed your your debut album, uh, Radio Silence. And um, I, I, I'm as most music consumers are. It's like, I, I really like this. Now I need more. You know, greedy, 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 you know, that as, uh, as as we uh, consumers are. But that's uh, that that's incredibly exciting. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, before we loop back around uh, to comic stuff, is there any other uh, creative you wanted to want to promote or talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm doing um, I've been doing caddy bees and I'm doing stand up comedy and music in Los Angeles. Um, so I, um, I, uh, will be posting more updates on my social media, um, about those upcoming shows. I've been trying to post more ridiculous videos as possible. <laughs> um, so if you look at my Twitter videos or Instagram videos, I'm trying to just <laughs> get as many ridiculous characters and voices and put them out in the ether when I think of them. Um, 
So I've just I've been doing that, and I've been doing a lot of um, acting auditions and um, just uh, you know um, putting myself out there. <laughs> and um, I uh, am gonna put more. Uh, I'm hoping to record my EP soon of some recent songs that are mm-hmm. kind of about moving and about the state of the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do have a new song um, that I'm. G- put a demo of on my Patreon um, that's about sort of the recent gun violence and the process of writing the book and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to be putting new music soon on Spotify. Oh, so, okay. um, so uh, yeah, just that's kind of what I've been up to and um, more stuff to come, hopefully. <laughs> Excellent. That's that's exciting. And, and I got to say, your uh, your Instagram story game is strong. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very new to it, so I'm trying to remember, like, this should be on Instagram story. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I don't know, be, being old and curmudgeon it's like my brain doesn't quite wire for those shorter snippets. Instead, like, I'll do, like, a 30-second video about why you should listen to my radio show or what I've got coming up. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm hopeless. There, there's, there's no saving me. You're, but... <laughs> you're, you're doing well on social media. You've got to, not everyone wants the Snapchat it's there and then it disappears in a second. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's like I, uh, um, you know, not too long ago, I was uh, at a college radio station and with uh, with my classmates, you know, and, and these are folks that are, you know, occasionally half my age. And I would get into arguments with them about Snapchat. And it's just like, you know, I, I got I got no patience for for something that that disappears or like, well, you know, if it disappears, then what what's the point of putting it up? to begin with and you know very very much you know get off my lawn type of type of stuff uh but one of my instructors kind of helped me with uh with a little bit of perspective it's like well while there there's merit to that there's also equal merit to the right to be forgotten meaning like you know something that you put up there may not have to stay up there for all times so it's uh it's yeah. it, it, it's a fascinating perspective on on things and i i don't pretend to have the answer but um <laughs> I, I guess my answer is no snapchat for me keep my insta game <laughs> strong uh but yeah i don't dabble in in stories too <laughs> terribly much um so it's, oh yeah the uh, the ephemerality of it and like the value of something just existing for a short period of time it's like i'll turn my nose up at it a lot of the times with mm-hmm. snapchat or something but then like that's what i love about improv comedy too is like oh. a great improv show or even i mean but it's also nice to be you know filmed and saved but what's cool about doing the caddy bees live or doing an improv show is like it's just exists in that moment and then sometimes it's gone or you can rewatch it but it's like it's totally out of thin air, like magic, and um, it's cool. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I never thought of Snapchat or Instagram stories as kind of similar to improv, or but um, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You're absolutely right, and that's a, that's a, a fascinating contrast and and distillation of that. Um, hey, we're we're just we're just learning stuff here on the podcast radio yeah, show. I love it. Breaking down barriers. <laughs> <laughs> 
good. Well, this this doesn't really segue very well. I was going to say, speaking of breaking down barriers, no, that that doesn't work. Um, let's, uh, you know, um, uh, as a as as we get closer to closing out, and again, our guest is the uh, multi multi talented Lucia Fasano um, uh, joining us here on Mike Cyber Radio. Um, let's talk about your upcoming comics work. I want to talk about all we ever wanted. And unlike uh, where we live, where I've got the book in my hand, I know next to nothing about this. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to turn the floor over to you and you know, maybe talk about what the book is and how you're excited about it and, and how folks can uh, uh, help fund that Kickstarter. I'm so excited. And uh, you can actually, um, uh, yeah, it's on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's called All We Ever Wanted, Stories of a Better World. Um, but you can even go to awbwkickstarter.com and it'll go just right to it. Um, it's this um, really cool new sci-fi anthology that is trying to be, you know, hopeful and talk about utopias rather than dystopias. Um, so it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a happy book, but it is more like San Junipero episode of Black Mirror than it is, um, you know, one of the episodes of Black Mirror where everything is horrible and mm-hmm. terrible in the world. And, so, you know, um, yeah, le- so less, really like- more, more Star Trek, less Mad Max, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's their pitch for it. And it's from A Wave Blue World, um, which is an indie publisher that um, founded by Tyler and Wendy Chin Tanner, um, who are also editors on the book. Um, so uh, it's this totally indie graphic novel that you can get on, in on the ground floor of um, that uh, Tess brought me in to work on, um, where you're having stories of, you know, um, what if it's a utopia where it's this sort of like primal, peaceful nation, but then something goes wrong or what is that? You know, um, <laughs> so all these different, uh, different settings of like what authors had in mind when they thought of a utopia and what could go wrong in a utopia or what could, you know, go right in a utopia. And um, so uh, it's definitely going to be um, a type of sci-fi that we're really not seeing a lot right now in movies and comics everything Mm -hmm. is very despairing right now Mm -hmm. um so um i uh so we're still making the comic right now i'm still working with tess Mm -hmm. um she's gonna illustrate it and um we're halfway through the kickstarter right now the goal is 20 grand that's Mm -hmm. our first goal um and so we're at 10,217 currently um and uh for twenty dollars you can get a physical copy of the book and your mm-hmm. name in a thanks section um and the pdf of process work and sketches etc mm-hmm. um for 15 you can just get the, the book digitally and um you still get your name in a thanks section so basically like you can be a part of the um of the graphic novel and of the finished product um and I think it's just going to have a lot of really cool futuristic perspectives on um, on sci-fi. And um, I'm writing a six-page story for it as well uh, that's totally fictional compared to uh, 
my other story. Right, right. Okay. Um, and um, so I was really excited because I love sci-fi and um, it's always been a dream of mine to write more sci-fi stories. And um, I was raised in a very sci-fi household. Right. So um, I was very excited. And um, my story is called The Inventor's Daughter, or at least that's the title right now. Oh. Um, which is kind of my sort of Ray Bradbury-esque title. Um, it's also a line in Beauty and the Beast, so that's but that wasn't intentional. Gotcha. Uh, that's what they call Belle, but that's not connected. Right, right. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of um, fascinating that they tried to uh, kind of forward that a little more in kind of the the live action version. I I, I actually appreciated yeah. that. I, I was like, I see what you're doing there. That's that's cool. I I did. Yeah, I didn't dislike that live action version, by the way. It's not bad. I've only seen a little, but I'm I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, to see it's more of it. It's very not bad. <laughs> oh man, as as I drag us off to Tangent Town, but um... no, to Tangent Town. That would be at Disneyland. Um... <laughs> yeah, and and it's all just you know independent podcasters talking about just random stuff. It'd just be like, oh hey, we're going over here. No, none of that. It's like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You keep getting zigzag to a different tangent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh man, well, uh, Lucia, I tell you, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. I um, I, I really enjoy uh, talking to you. And but more than that, I I appreciate that uh, that you're able to uh, join us and uh, you know be so uh, um, honest and vulnerable and share your stories with us. I, I uh, it, it's been a, it's been a pleasure catching up with you today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as well, and I'm glad we got to meet in person before I moved back to California. Absolutely. That was a, that was a really fun show. The uh, uh, the Crackle Fest. I had a had a really great time that night. Yeah, it was it was an amazing show. And thank you for having me. This um, I'm really glad that uh, gotten to talk about the comic and to see, um, you know, how much we've both been up to in the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. So so before we let you go, um, would you mind going through the rundown of where people can connect with your work and where we can find you on the internet? Of course. Um, you can find me basically everywhere at Lucia, L-U-C-I-A underscore Fasano, S-A-S-A-N-O. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Lucia underscore Fasano. I'm on Twitter at that I didn't, Lucia underscore Fasano. Mm-hmm. Um, I tweet a lot. I post a lot. Um, I'm on Facebook at Lucia Fasano. Facebook.com slash Lucia Fasano Art. Um, and I have my own website and I'm on Patreon. Um, so definitely, um, you know, look me up and I'm going to be posting a lot about the um, All We Ever Wanted Kickstarter book campaign um, and links to my music and stuff like that. Um, I You can get my music at Bandcamp.com, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to bring their book to one of my shows or something, I'll sign it. Or if anyone wants to buy merch, you know, they can always reach out to me and 
because I still have, you know, merch and yeah, yeah. You know, um, stuff like that. So Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you on again, maybe uh, uh, when the uh, All We Ever Wanted book is successfully uh, kickstarted and or uh, when it gets published, uh, as well as obviously when, uh, when you have more music that comes out, we would uh, definitely love to highlight that. That's so great. I really appreciate you supporting my art. I mean, like everything is so independent and throwing this stuff out there and hoping anyone cares so i really appreciate your support <laughs> oh you're welcome yeah all right well anything else you would like to cover before we call it a day uh-huh i i think that's it i'm i'm excited i'll i'll just say um i just saw oceans eight and oh. that was very exciting especially because the story my story in the All We Ever Wanted sci-fi anthology is a sci-fi heist. Oh, that's so, awesome. So I'm very excited and just think sci-fi heist. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that'll be out soon. So. Awesome. And check out Ocean's 8. Anyone listening, it was very fun. Oh, good. I, I haven't seen it yet, but it's definitely on the list. We're, uh, we're, we're definitely excited to check that one out. So. Yeah, it was. I was like freaking out in my seat. I was like, huh. Ah, anytime anything happened. So it's very suspenseful. <laughs> very good. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And um, all right. Well, uh, again, uh, uh, thanks for taking the time. And we will uh, talk to you sometime, hopefully sooner rather than later. Thank you so much, Mike. It's always a pleasure. And um, I hope to talk to you again soon. Definitely. Same here. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Uh, Coming up next from the Dog Songs album to benefit ASPCA to help the dogs affected by Hurricane Harvey. Here's Lucia Fasano with This Is Fine, inspired, of course, by the This Is Fine meme. And I'll be back to close out the show. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. This is fine. Nothing is wrong.
this is fine from Lucia Fasano. We uh, we thought that would fit the vibe of what we were talking about today. Um, also, wanted to remind you that I have links to all kinds of cool stuff for you to check out in the show notes that we referenced during the interview. Um, a lot of great opportunities to go out and support independent art. And if you happen to go out and see Lucia Fasano at one of her shows, uh, feel free and bring your copy of Where We Live and she'll autograph it for you and she'll have merch for you to buy as well, including her album Radio Silence. And that will do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my old college radio shows from when I was on KGRG, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do give a review on iTunes, five stars, please, um, let me know, and I'll give you a shout-out, and I'll read your review on the air. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at MikeSybertRadio, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. For my guest, Lucia Fasano, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Cybert Radio, and until next time, make good choices.